Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Local Bites podcast. I'm Amin Yazdani, your host. It's not easy to start and run a local restaurant. There's a big upfront investment, tight margins, and lots of hard work. Some might say you need to be a little bit crazy to start and run a successful restaurant. Yet, we all know amazing local entrepreneurs who are taking, this, uh, taking on this challenge every day. These people make our local communities stronger. Every week, I host one of these amazing people to share their story with you. My guest this week is Olivia Sozman, the Director of Communications for Iron and Grain Coffee, a local coffee chain in Davenport, Iowa. Olivia, welcome to Local Bites. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So let's start from the beginning. I know Iron and Grain has a very interesting starting story, but tell me um, when and how Iron and Grain started. Yeah, sure. So um, Iron and Grain was started in 2019. Uh, we kicked it off right before Christmas, December 5th, um, in East Moline, Illinois. Our owner is actually an architect, and he found this super cool building. It's an, actually an old um, car manufacturing facility from the 1800s. Um, and he saw the vision, completely redid it. Um, moved his architecture firm here and decided, why not put a coffee shop in? It makes our architecture firm a little bit more inviting, but it's also fun to see new people meet them. Um, yeah, since then, we've opened two more locations, Davenport, Iowa, and Silvis, Illinois. That is great. That is great. So 2019, December, you're starting um, Iron and Grain, and uh, but Jumping from an architecture uh, as, as an architecture firm to a local coffee shop that sounds like a like a big jump. How did that happen how How did that go? It has been a big big jump um thankfully, Andrew had hired a few people that had a passion for coffee um and they helped get it started, kept it running um, Of course it's been passed on now, but um you know, we've all actually taken a liking to it and learning more about what it takes and you know, who would have known three years later, this is where we are. That is awesome. So started in, so the first location was inside the architecture firm? So our architecture firm was actually inside the coffee shop. Um, I, so they share the same storefront, basically. Oh, so the other way around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they share the same storefront. Um, it makes it very inviting for the architecture firm. Typically, when you think of an architecture firm, it's in a high-rise building and people are in cubicles. That is just not how Andrew rolls. He is big on getting out into the community, which you'll see a lot in Iron and Grain. Um, so he wanted to make sure that his firm and Iron and Grain's aligned. Yeah. That is that is super cool. So then the first location starts. Just take me through the history, and then we're mm -hmm. going to come back, probably go into more detail. The first location is successful. Then now you're thinking about the second location. Why the second location? Why is the thinking there? What do you want to achieve with the second location? And how long after the first location did the second location happen? Yes, yes. So like I said, Andrew, who owns the architecture firm, he's got the entrepreneurial bone um, in him. He has a lot of great mentors in his life that just kind of encouraged him. Andrew and his wife, Marguerite, uh, decided to open a Mexican restaurant here uh, called Jenny's Boxcar, and they opened Iron and Green right at the same time. Um, round two came not too long after we opened 
roughly a year later, um, give or take. Andrew is pretty big on local um, and all that. Um, our location where we're currently at in East Moline, where I'm actually at right now in East Moline is great. It's where our architecture firm is, but the itch to do another one came pretty quickly afterwards. Um, leave, we started that about a year later. Um, we were fully open. The community really liked seeing it. Um, Drew placed that one inside an old bank building. So it's complete with like a really cool vault that we use as a conference room. Um, we also have um, where we're positioned at is between a bunch of colleges. So it's called the Hilltop area. Um, but yeah, we're able to see a whole new group of people, which is so cool to see um, between our original location and there. That is great. And so uh, December 2019, the first location opens. And of course, we all know March of 2020, um, the pandemic uh, started a yeah. lot of changes for everyone um, yeah. uh, across the globe. Um, but uh, so tell me about that, that, um, that moment. Uh, what was the immediate impact and how, how did you guys react to it? Sure. So like I said, we opened in December of 2019. So really three months later, we are facing the pandemic. Um, thankfully, where we're at, um, our communities just rallied around small businesses. Um, we definitely had to make a lot of changes. We had to shut our inside down for a good three months or so. Um, we Thankfully, we utilized our drive-through, though, and there was a ton of local push um, and enough to open a second one not too long after. Um, it's definitely still scary, though, to be a small, a very brand-new small business and then open in a pandemic. You don't know what's going to happen, but thankfully, we were able to push through, and it all worked out well. Yeah, I know. So nine months into the pandemic, you're opening the second <laughs> one. So definitely, things are going going well now now which which is really great to hear and it's really great to hear that the the, the community is actually backing you uh, so nicely and helping uh, local brands like iron and grain why do you think the community that you're part of cares so much about local businesses like yours sure i think for the quad cities where we're located at least is um the small businesses and the local entrepreneurs those are the ones that are supporting your kids' t-ball teams. Those are the ones that are donating their time and their money and their efforts to see locals succeed. Um, so I think the pandemic definitely highlighted that, and I think it reignited reminding people uh, about that. Um, your local chain or your chains aren't going to do that for you. They're not backing you up. You get sponsorship asked, that's, but we will do most things to make things work, as do many small businesses. So. I think um, when we give back to the community, the community gives back to us. And I, I believe I, I was uh, doing some some research on Iron and Grain and and Andrew and his his other uh, the other work that that he's doing. He's very involved in in local communities. I I, I was looking at the Iron and Grain Makers Festival yeah. uh, that that you guys were running uh, before the the coffee shop as well, and also the the unique situation that you have at Rustbelt with many local art, artisans. Uh, who are working in the in the same building? Um, I, I think that will be a very interesting uh, uh, part of like understanding what you're doing uh, there. So, if you if you can just explain that a little bit more for our listeners, uh, what's the situation at, at Rust Belt and also the the festival that you're part of? Sure. So the Rust Belt is 
um, I should say was a abandoned building from early 1800s, a car manufacturing facility um, before Andrews Architecture Firm, Streamline Architects, um, came about it. It sat vacant for 10 years. We have a local entrepreneur and Andrews mentor, Larry Anderson, who had hired Drew to just come take a look at it. He was planning on tearing the building down. I wish you all could see it. Such a fun building. Um, but it was a long, stretch, skinny building with really just bare bones and dirt and cobwebs and just abandoned things. Everything you could think of. Larry wanted to tear it down and Drew said, come to breaks. I've got an idea. Let me just give me a little time. Um, and a few years later, the Rust Belt was born. Um, and it's such a cool space. So where we're at is a, was originally like an industrial park. Um, and it's situated on the river, uh, the Mississippi River for us. So we're near tons and tons of activities and seeing this community be um, have a whole new life, basically. Um, is kind of cool. So within our space, though, we have Streamline Architects and Andrew's other business, Streamline Artisans, a handmade furniture store. He also has Iron and Grain, as well as Jenny's Boxcar, Revival Main, a hair salon, JW Photography, um, the Rust Belt, which is a concert venue that can hold tons and tons of people. And we also have a brewery here. So it's like a whole community here. And each of them are local artisans, which is really important to Andrew and Larry, too, um, the owner of the Rust Belt, uh, which kind of formed the Iron and Green Maker Festival. Um, I think Drew really is inspired by other makers and creative people, which is how that came about. Uh, the Iron and Green Maker Festival is a two-day festival that we host yearly. It's now called Fall Fest. We host it in September, October-ish, um, but we bring in about, about 100, 125 people um, that are all really talented in their craft. It's not your average craft show. It's people who are woodworkers, metal fabricators, jewelry, handmade crafts, um, lo local musicians. There's always a concert that night, local you know, breweries there, Jenny's Boxcar. Each of them has a craft and they come to share it. And the community, again, just kind of rallies around it. It's nice to see. But we host it here in our parking lot um, or inside the Rust Belt if it rains. But, yeah, it's pretty cool to see everyone come together. That is that is such a nice, nice, uh, nice event for bringing everybody, all those artisans, all the, the whole community together. These are like the type of things that I, that I mentioned in the intro that our local entrepreneurs are doing that makes their communities better. Definitely things that will, will add to the community. Now, uh, these are something that are very unique to, in your situation. Like you have that location, you were able to put together all those artisans together. But when you go to a new neighborhood, to a new, new location, what do you try to do to sort of establish a similar sense yeah. of community in that new neighborhood? Because you've, you, you've done it now in three different locations. What are, what are the, some of the initiatives that, that can help you expand and bring the same, the same feeling and at, atmosphere into the new location so it's an extension of your brand as you're expanding your brand? 100%. Sure. Um, so I'll just start off with our Davenport location. That was second. Um, that one, Andrew, again, found a repurposed building. Like I said, it was a 
old bank buildings. So it definitely is very unique inside. Um, you'll find a very large vault room that was previously the bank's actual vault. Um, in there, we have um, a local mural that a local artist painted on the wall for us. Um, and you'll find tons of college students packed in there around finals time. Um, but we also have extensions of our craft fairs there. Um, that one came with a really big parking lot that we used to host uh, monthly makers markets. Um, usually we do them in the evenings. That's when we can attract the college kids. And then also through our menu to um, each drink that we have on our menu and food item is carefully crafted and made with the highest quality items that we could source. Um, so you'll find that um, our menu is the same at each three locations. And then also circling back to the architecture. So as our name is Iron and Grain, um, you'll find wooden and grain, like grainy type pieces, as well as metal finishes um, to just really keep that style and atmosphere. Um, for our Silvis location, it's kind of funny when you think you've done it once and you duplicate it again, it's a whole new breed. Um, Iron and Grain Silvis was definitely a new one for us. So that one is a double drive-through location. We also, we have a patio seating. We have patio seating there, um, but it's different. It still is nice though because the community involvement is there. Each location attracts different customers, but you'll find the same. It still feels like iron and green to you. I, you don't leave here and feel like oh, I miss the other one. They each have unique characteristics. Um, Iron and Green Silvis was a brand new building, um, but within it, Andrew and his team of architects really made sure that the quality wasn't lost. The whole building is wrapped in wood, um, and you'll find a really large metal Iron and Green sign on the side of it, um, down to the pergola. There's no detail missed on each of them, down from the menu to the architecture, which is kind of cool to see. That is great. That is great to, to hear. So so you were talking about the way that you can extend that brand across different locations. But you also mentioned like some of your locations that they have, they're very big on drive through Some are more catered toward like the, the college uh, crowd. Um, what do you think is the difference between the, the coffee culture in different locations? Do you, do you think that there is a difference in the coffee culture and how people are actually interacting with iron and grain yeah yeah so i will be completely honest i i like coffee um coffee was i was not from the coffee world obviously my background is marketing and advertising and that's what i know like the back of my hand um i kind of happened in my role with iron and grain um just from already working for andrew but it's been funny to see i shouldn't say funny it's interesting to see um, how connected the coffee world is and how the different ranges of people they are. Um, like I had mentioned probably previously was each location attracts their own very specific group of people. Um, our original location definitely attracts more business meetings, just quick, not looking to stay type of meetings. Um, not a lot of college students, not a lot of high schoolers, just very quick business type people. Um, our Davenport location attracts 
college students galore um, in the summer when they're gone. We definitely miss them. Um, and uh, it's definitely, they order way different things than you would find at our East Moline or our Silvis location. Um, our Silvis location, we were kind of unsure what we'd get. It's kind of sandwiched between a couple other businesses, um, but we're also in a local neighborhood, which is kind of nice. Um, that one has been a bit of an older generation. Uh, once you just come, sit, hang out on our patio and drink uh, just plain drip coffee. Um, so you'll still get like a few. Um, we get our, the hospitals right there. So we get plugged in with them all the time. But it's fun to see the different uh, types and the patterns that each location creates. Would, would that different types of patterns like changes the way that you provide your service at all? Like, do you adjust the way that the service is provided in each location? I would say no. Um, the biggest part that kind of, I guess, my job here is just making sure that our brand stays consistent, our baristas stay consistent. Um, each of our baristas get the same training um, and just making sure that everybody is on the same page of that. Um, I think, I think our customers' personalities and how they attract, um, our baristas are a little bit different. Um, like in, like had said in Silvis, um, an older generation that are possibly retired has a lot more time. Um, so they want to get to know you. They want to know everything, obviously. Um, whereas like our East Moline location, um, you'll find that it's like the quicker the service, the better. For the most part, yeah. sometimes people will be in the drive-thru and they kind of want to hang out. Um, but our Davenport location, it's just kind of cool to see all the different generations um, and how they interact and how um, they all connect. But a lot of them, a lot of our baristas have started out as uh, just guests of the coffee shop. So they're about this, probably, probably about the same age as most of our baristas. Um, but yeah, it's kind of cool to see. But no, the service doesn't change. But um, I would probably say the way we interact and you know, how long do you have a conversation with them versus how long not. Absolutely. So you, you mentioned something very interesting. So you said a lot of your baristas coming from being iron and grain guests, like you, they, they are customers first and they become baristas, they, they come in. Um, one of the topics that, that I, as I was talking to more uh, restaurant uh, owners and, and coffee shop owners that came up uh, frequently is the staff uh, shortage, the issue that they had with the staff shortage. How were you able to get those guests to look at Iron and Grain as a place that they want to actually extend and come and work at rather than just being a guest at? I think um, the culture and the atmosphere that we've built, um, like I said, through came from the architect, he still does the architecture firm, but he came from the architecture firm. And I think one thing he really preaches is entrepreneurship and putting people in charge. Um, so I would say our baristas are proud of where they work because they're given that initiative. They're the face of the company. Um, all of them, it's fun to see, like they all have regulars. Um, so when they switch locations, um, like as we build locations and someone move on and I can't leave, you know, my, this is so-and-so regulars there. Um, but no, we didn't really face too much of a staffing shortage. Um, for the most part, we're able to retain a good amount of our employees. Um, some will, of course, leave to go find their forever jobs, and we're always sad. But I think the biggest key for us has been making them in charge of their destiny here and reminding them that here's a piece of the company. So 
when something goes wrong or something goes awry, keeping your coolness and keeping calm and doing those things, you know, treat this business as it was your own because you never know how things might go someday. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, Olivia, the, the one last question I usually ask everyone, uh, it, it's about other people, the, those young people that you just mentioned, entrepreneurship. Yes. If if you were to give one piece of advice to someone who wants to start their own restaurant, their own coffee shop, what would that be? I, I'm sure this gets said a lot, but I would uh, do your research. Um, and I'm sure that sounds silly, but I have been with Iron Green since the beginning, so I'm not the owner, but I've been with it since the business plan stage. And I can't believe how much we've learned just in the last three years, even between each location, how much we've learned. Um, ensure it's running properly. People are happy. People are engaged there. We're bringing customers in. It's not just owning a business. You know, It's not all fun and games sometimes. Sometimes it's, tough and making hard decisions and um, doing that. So I would definitely say do your research and also have a passion for it. Our um, unicorn wouldn't be where it is today without the passion and the love that each employee, barista, manager, upper level, Andrew and Mercury have put into it. Yeah. Do your research, build your tribe. That's great to hear. And uh, yeah, absolutely right. Especially with the lots of hard work that goes into each brand, especially building a brand from the ground up. Yeah. That if you don't have the passion, you, you cannot persevere that the, 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 those hard hard works, the, the long hours exactly. that you need to put into it. You get through the valleys if you don't have that passion. So um, that's been our biggest thing, you know, with COVID and all the things that just keep that, you know, happen in the world. So that passion kind of helps persevere you out of that valley that you go in. I'm sure many people say there's a lot of high highs in owning a business and running a business. And there's a lot of low lows, but um, you got to remember where, where you started, why you started um, and stay true to yourself. That is great. So uh, just before, before you wrap it up, if our listeners want to learn more, more about iron and grain, what you uh, you're doing, especially the local events that you are, you're part of, what can they do? How can they find find you? Sure. So you can go to our website. It's iron, I-R-O-N, brain, G-R-A-I-N, coffee, C-O-F-F-E-E, dot com. And we're also on Instagram and Facebook. That is awesome. Olivia, thank you so much for a great conversation. It was my pleasure to, uh, to have this conversation with you. And thank you for sharing this story with us. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting us. We really appreciate it. Thank you.